great events create great brands. And it takes a village to put on an event that engages, excites, and connects audiences to your brand. And we're that village. I'm Alyssa. I'm Paulina. And I'm Rachel. And you're listening to Great Events, the podcast for all people interested in events and marketing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Great Events Podcast. I am your host for this week. My name is Alyssa. I am joined by two amazing C-Venters this week. Um, We've brought in kind of an ace team of technology professionals. So I'd love to introduce them to, to the podcast this week. I'm going to start with our first team member, Christine Kelly. You may be familiar with her from a few weeks back. She went to a conference with me, the Forrester B2B Summit. Did I say that right, Christine? Remind me. It's like, you did, yeah. Yeah, I'm having amnesia already. But Christine is a team lead on our marketing operations team. So she's very, very heavily involved in the acquiring and usage and rolling out of technology, not just event tech, but also all of the technologies that our marketing team uses. So, Christine, I'll let you kind of add in a little bit of color about yourself and kind of what you do for our marketing team at Seven. My job is basically to help acquire new technology for the marketing team to use, um, whether that's account-based tools or as much as like our chatbot on our website. And then I work very closely with the event team on our event tech as well. And then a new face to the Great Events podcast, we have Taylor Bond joining us. I've worked very closely with Taylor for the last, I don't know, two or three years, right, Taylor? Super excited to have her voice on this on this podcast today. She is a integral member of our meetings and events team as it pertains to our use of technology. So Taylor, welcome to the Great Events podcast. Thank you. Such an honor. Tell our listeners, our huge listener base, a little bit more about the role that you perform for our marketing and our meetings and events team. I am the event tech lead here at CVent. I, um, like you mentioned, Alyssa, I work under the meetings and events function technically, but I actually oversee all of our CVent tech usage that we roll out here at CVent. So our big showcase tends to be our tier one events like CVent Connect US and Europe, but I do oversee all of the tech we use for all of our thousands of events that we put on every single year, all the way through to our webinars, our seminars, all of that great stuff. I would even add that Taylor's proficient from like the internal use case as well. So Taylor extends even beyond some of those more revenue objective events, which Christine obviously is more situated on because she's part of our MarTech system. But Taylor extends even beyond that. And, And our marketing team does have a responsibility when it comes to supporting technology for the broader organization, internal objectives as well. So it's an interesting nuance that we have here at Cvent. Well, we've got introductions out of the way. The reason that we brought you two on today is to really talk about the role that technology plays across the marketing organization. So one of the hot topics I think that's kind of trending in the marketing space is just this massive boom in technologies that we see across the organization and this having to rationalize all of these different products, the investment that we're putting in, what's really driving value. And so, Christine, I wanted to start with you. There are so many of these technologies. I think the last time we saw there's this, who provides that? Is it Event Marketer? That's the organization that provides that landscape of technologies? MarTech. MarTech. We can append that later. We'll, we'll come back and give you guys an answer at another one. But I'm trying to rack my brain on that. I can look it up while we're chatting. The latest reports have said that there's somewhere around 10,000 technologies out there in the market that a marketing operations professional such as Christine is having to look at and procure and 
understand the value to the organization. So Christine, I'd love to just open up the dialogue to talk to you about, you know, what are some of the business requirements that you're looking at as you're sourcing technology for Cvent's tech stack? I just looked it up. It's the chief MarTech. Thank you. <laughs> who provides that report. But yes, I think that one of the most important things when it comes to evaluating a technology is making sure that the organization is aligned on what the requirements are and what problem that you're trying to solve. If you don't know the problem that you're trying to solve, then it's going to be really hard to understand what technology is best for you. So I think that that's kind of where we start most of our evaluations. And I think as a bigger org, we have a lot to think about. We have to think about regions. We have to think about different business lines and how every technology will play into each one of those different things. I think one of the things that we always say, I myself am situated on our Cvent consulting team, and it's always start with the why in mind. And it's instead of just what, you know, oftentimes we jump to, this is a tool, it exists, we want it. But your job is to say, well, why do we need it? What is the business value that it's serving? So I think that's really important. Exactly that. And just saying, what is this going to bring back to our business? Is it time savings? Is it dollars in our pockets at the end of the day through sales? Like, is it efficiency? Like, where does this save time and money? Yeah, I think that was like, that's a good transition to the next question I had is kind of what are some of those kind of key metrics? Or how are you quantifying ROI across some of these products? Is it different? Are there different tools that you're seeing different value in? I would say it's definitely different depending on the tool. Some are going to bring the bottom line or impact sales, whereas some are efficiency and time saving. You know, we've implemented tools that save time from a specific team, right? They're um, a bottleneck or they're overwhelmed or they are at capacity. So we need tools to help them alleviate that. And that in the end is going to help us time to market that kind of aspect. Are you prioritizing any one of those right now in kind of your 2020, I would say even 2023 planning, right? We're kind of headed into that budgeting season for a lot of corporations right now. Is there anything that you're looking to acquire specifically uh, or you're prioritizing in that 2023 plans? We kind of talked about this on our previous podcast about what's trending in MarTech. So I'm curious if you're seeing some rise to the top. Some of the biggest ones still for us is account-based marketing and, and figuring out how that plays out in not only in the one tool that we're looking at, but how it can play in every tool, even specifically event tech too, is like, how can we have events or target them differently for our events that are coming up so that we get in, the, in front of the right accounts? What is it that you're trying to get from the ABM tools? Is it really like an understanding of engagement? I feel like that's kind of like the key word, the buzziest word that we keep hearing across marketing. We certainly see it on the event side. It's either experience or engagement, but those are the two that we're hearing the most. 100%. It's totally engagement. It's understanding who's in market, what accounts are out there looking for event tech in our case, and then understanding, you know, how do we get in front of them? Okay, so let's transition to how we're procuring and looking at event technology in 2022, 2023 and beyond, right? Have you noticed that there's been any change in how we're looking at event technology as it pertains to its ability to integrate with the the broader marketing automation? Taylor, I'd, I'd be curious to hear your perspective on that too. I know that you're working even more closely with our marketing operations team. You used to kind of be like a little bit on an island. So how are you seeing that kind of change over time? It has changed tenfold, if not more. I would say our 
event tech function has really risen to the top in the last two years or so. The function didn't even exist at Cvent years ago. So it's something that myself created my role. We've been developing it over time and identifying the function itself has been one thing, but then tying it into the other pieces of our marketing org and our org overall has been a whole nother layer of challenges, but also it has opened up so much opportunity for us to just work in lockstep because the reality is that event tech is part of that overall tech stack. It's not its own separate function. Yes, you need your own level of experts, just like you do for Salesforce, just like you do for Marketo, et cetera. But it is still part of your tech stack. Ours is a little unique because we are using our own stuff, but we do still answer those questions. We still make sure that we are solving for a problem. I made mental note of that, Christine, when you mentioned, I really like that you said, make sure that there's actually a problem you're solving because a lot of times we assume that tech needs to be used all the time. More tech, more tech. But the reality is that you don't want to overcomplicate things and you don't want to just throw things in where they aren't needed. So we might even have more of a challenging time with that here because we have it at our hands. We have the pressure of having to showcase our products to the market. And often that's the why, as opposed to what's the if the business objective is just to showcase it, it's harder to either quantify ROI after the fact, or it is just to showcase the product. So it sometimes becomes a little bit harder to integrate into our holistic strategy because it's not a marketing driven objective or it's more of a, you know, it's more of a product launch type thing. So we're doing a little bit of product marketing through our events too, or through our usage of event tech. I think that's okay though, because I think that brings up a good point of sometimes we, as the the tech experts, we want to almost insert our goals into things. Like we want to tell people how, here's what it's going to give you. Here's what it's going to provide. But I have found comfort in almost pushing stakeholders and decision makers to come up with the goals themselves, because they're the ones who are going to sort of be accountable for this data at the end. So I think that is probably one of the most challenging things, Christine, I'm sure you can agree with me, like getting people to actually settle in on here are our goals. And here's what we want to identify as basically the objective for this event or this campaign, whether it's an event or an email send or whatever it is, there still needs to be a goal in doing it. You don't just do it just to put it on the list kind of thing. For us too, even though we use Cvent, like it's not a free tool, right? Like it takes labor, it takes time and takes a lot of energy. And that is a cost to the organization that a lot of people forget about. And we think that even like you, Taylor, like a lot of people don't have you in their organization. And it's like, that means that other people are potentially the admin of their marketing automation platform too. And so just understanding where it fits in the t- tech stack is super important. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about those stakeholders, Taylor. You kind of alluded to that too. I think it would be interesting to call out the differences and kind of who you guys are reporting up to and out to because there is a difference between, Christine, you having this kind of macro view and Taylor, you being more of a channel owner or a technology, you know, one piece of the pie. So I would just like to talk a little bit about kind of your universe and how and who you're reporting to. Because I think that others can, might be able to see themselves in that space. I think that brings up a really good point. And I, I love that comparison. Christine's looking at it from the org level. But the reality is, more and more times, it comes to the table that her and I have to connect. Because yes, for example, we might want to roll out a 
text messaging SMS alert system. Like we want to roll that out. Well, what are we going to roll that out for? Our events. Great. We need to figure out how to tie that into our events. So specific, I mean, that's just one example, but gosh, it comes up all the time. And I think integrations are another buzzword. Like if your systems aren't integrated, what what do you have? But I think that's super important to note what you're thinking about, whether it's an overall org decision, and then ultimately you are going to be rolling out tactic level. So that being said, your stakeholders are going to vary based off of what I have found. It's, it is based off of what the goals of the event are. If it's a demand generation tactic, you're going to be working with that team. If it's a product focused or product rollout or showcase, you're going to be really focusing in and your stakeholders are going to be your product marketing team. It could be sales. We literally work with every single department, probably every single team within every single department at CVent. But I would say, I would be curious to know if there are any organizations in their, their events team who don't do that. Like that's the function of an events team. That's the function of a marketing team is to sort of be that shared service. So it can be anyone. Your stakeholder can literally be anyone. But ultimately, I think it's key to to remember that that stakeholder needs to be someone who can make decisions and be accountable for those goals and making sure that that event is is a success because they are going to be the ones that need to answer those questions. Yeah, Christine, I'm curious to hear your perspective on that too, because you might have a little bit more of like the buck stops here, right? Like it might be like, because certainly there's budgetary restrictions across the board, but when it comes to technology, there is a ultimate individual who's going to say, we can't spend any more money. So you're going to use the tools that you have at this point. Yeah. So what I think is so interesting is what Taylor is saying is actually really aligns to me is like each technology has their own different stakeholders and just like an event, right? And so is it demand gen focused? Is it execution focused? But to your point, like there is one person that has to give that recommendation. And there is that one person that has to say, do we have budget for that? We have started really aligning internally, like before we have demos, before we do anything, we are confirming budget. We are confirming, can we move forward with this? Are we going to waste our time if we sit on demos? And then I think the second thing is, do we have time to implement this? And does it make sense with what what else we have going on? And I think very similar with new event features that come out in CVEN as well. Like Taylor and I worked so closely during the pandemic because it was such a new process and we had to get that off the ground. Like that was our job to reinvent how we did events at Cvent and virtual ones at that. I think that points back to why I asked that question in the beginning. It's kind of like, what are you prioritizing for the end of the year and moving into 2023? Because the strategy sets the budget, the budget sets the tactic mix, the tactic mix then sets the technologies that you need to support it, right? And that's ultimately how a whole marketing strategy comes to light. And if one of those things happens before the other one, if somebody just goes and buys something out of alignment or somebody goes and turns something on in Cvent or configure something or decides to go do an event that doesn't consider what's happening at the start of the plan, everybody's lives start to suffer, right? We all start to hate our jobs and hate our existence. So no, it just, it, it becomes hard to manage, right? It becomes mismanaged. The other question to Christine, your question of, back to stakeholders is, do we have budget for that? Like the almost harder question to answer is, do we have budget to not do that? To your point about solving a problem, right? Like always going back to that that North Star, if there is a technology that is being 
sourced that is going to save time or money or whatever kind of the goal is, you have to also consider that is like all this time that we're spending vetting this and going through, it's like, here's all this time that's being spent not having it. That's almost the harder. It's like this existential question of, I guess it's opportunity cost. Yeah, it's a true ROI calculation. You know, it's the it's the resource cost, it's the time cost, it's all of sometimes the intangible. It's not hard dollars, but you have to start to do a true cost analysis and factor in those things that you can't see the cost, but there are definitely costs that are felt. And that is so hard for people to wrap their heads around because it's going to cost money to teach a man to fish or give him a fish. Like that's the old one, but that is probably our hardest part of our job. Like rolling things out and enforcing and showing the value of, of a solution is showing that value, right? Like, here's what's in it for you. Yes, it's going to take everyone X, X hours of training, or it's going to cost this much time or money or whatever. But here's what you're going to get in return. Showing that is really, really challenging. But if you're good at it, you're really good at it. <laughs> once you know your audience, and once you know who you're trying to convince, it becomes a skill set for sure. And I think interestingly enough, the other thing is, it's our job as technologists to push the boundaries, right? We are the ones saying, what is the return on this? And in my opinion, like, if a tool is there, people are going to use it. But are you using it to the best of its ability? Or are you just using it to use it? And are you using it because it's there? And do you actually need that tool? Or are you using it in best practices. That's something that our team has been talking about a lot is like, okay, we're using X tool, but are we doing it effectively? And being a little bit more proactive versus reactive. And I think that's something that is a a big theme that we're going to have in 2023. I would definitely agree. I think just, it's easy to just check the box and say, hey, we're using this. And it is easy to almost fall into that it makes your team look better if you're using more, like you're managing more tools. But to your point, like push push back on that and say, hey, do we actually need this many tools? Or can we take a second, reflect on, we can actually make this migration to one, or we could actually make a, a way more successful turnout with this other tool. Like those are the questions we have to be asking because our job is never done. If we're using a tool and we're like, we are doing it perfect, then what are we doing here? More is not always more, right? More is not always more. I think that's kind of the key. I think to that point, though, one of the most important things to look at when you're looking at a a technology is, okay, it solves X problem, but could it solve Y problem, right? Like, could you grow in that tool? And the more and more point solutions that we look at, the more I think, do we need this? You know what I mean? Like, because point solutions are great and they solve certain problems. And that is great. But as a huge enterprise org, we need to solve multiple problems, right? And we need tools that can do multiple things. And I think that that's one of the things that I've started looking at is like, does this make sense? And does this solve multiple problems or just one? And be like bringing other solutions to us that maybe we weren't even considering. I think that whole like platform concept is obviously something Cvent has been striving for within our own product. And we fall along that line 100%. But there are so many things that we do an excellent job of recommending to our customers. Hey, did you know that Cvent can also do this? You can also track booth visits, you can also do surveys, like there's a million things. Yeah, you grow into the tool 100%. 
What I also think is really interesting about a role like Christine's is she can also help connect some of the disconnected technologies or allow to get more value out of, like you were saying, Christine, out of a single technology because it can perform more than just its intended. So I think the perfect example is like the usage of drift technology for our virtual event. Granted, we've things have evolved and changed in that time period, but we had a pain point that was within our event program, had we been operating and trying to procure technology in our own right, we probably would have looked externally. But Cvent's marketing team had something within its technology stack that was able to solve that problem. So I think that's an interesting viewpoint that your profession allows for, Christine, as you kind of get to like, use the toolkit that you have. It's not always about going and buying, it's problem solving with the crayons that you have already in the case. That's so true. The amount of conversations I've been on with Christine specifically and her team overall, but with Christine specifically where she's like, hey, did you know we already have something that can do that? And we're all like, we had no idea. What? No, we didn't. (laughs) Christine, how many technologies are you kind of managing? Rough ballpark. We manage on a day-to-day, definitely smaller, but we have over 45 to 50 technologies in our actual stack. But to your point, like our CMO asked us the other day, like, do we need all these? (laughs) You know what I mean? And so we're going through renewals in the next year and we're saying, what is the ROI on this? And we can't be alone because this happened during the pandemic. It was clearly there were pain points, there was disruption. Everybody went out to go buy things that would serve what the market was requiring at that time, whether that was virtual collaboration tools, whether that was ways to connect with customers that weren't necessarily meeting with us face-to-face in tons of different environments, right? And so I think there are a lot of organizations going through an intense scrutiny. And one of those takeaways, to your point, Christine, is consolidation. It's how can I do more with less technologies or how can I get more from the technologies that I already have? Yeah, we're calling it smart growth. It's a great way to think about it, especially... I also think having those different solutions that we tried out, like you said, everyone was kind of shot in the dark during the pandemic, what's working and what's not. I don't think that that was a bad thing. I think that was a really good learning opportunity for us. And I'm sure a bunch of organizations could agree. People were panicking and there was a lot of change happening with human beings, how they were consuming content, how were they living their lives? So I think, having these different solutions that we're going to cater to these different needs and changing lives is not a bad thing. But now it's kind of like, all right, let's take a moment and reflect now that we've kind of gone through this. Now that we're getting situated in this new time frame, what is going to work with us moving forward now? Yeah, let's do what marketers do. Is- How to put the positive spin on it. Yeah, let's review the results, right? Let's kind of like, all right, we have now two years worth of data. Let's see what's working and what's not. That is so true. Christine, how I always wonder this, like how often do you find that a technology gets rolled out, it has results, and then we have to like force ourselves to kind of push that data upwards back to stakeholders. That's always exhausting. It's a good question, but I think that's what we're trying to do more and more now. And just making sure that, you know, once we roll it out, that it's still being used, right? Because people get really excited about technology and then they get it and then they're like, okay, done. And you're like, you're supposed to keep using it. That was so fun for six months. 
Right. So I think that's also a challenge is just like, let's keep using this, you know, and like, let's make sure that the integrations aren't broken. And like, there's just a lot of maintenance that comes behind a technology. And like, I mean, you know, Taylor, like, we're removing fields from Cvent all the time that are like no longer used or adding fields. And like, that in itself is a job. Well, and that's a good point that you may be understaffed or under resourced for some of the technologies that you do invest in, right? Whether that is just a Cvent product and how vast our platform is. Obviously, we see that all the time on our customer side is you need more people to support more robust technologies. But oftentimes we're buying without that consideration because we're trying to reduce, right? We're almost trying to use the technology to reduce headcount. Sometimes that's not always the case. Sometimes the technology comes with almost more resourcing. I think you have to look at it in terms of what that solution is going to do. If that solution is going to save time, then yes, that might be part of the consideration. But if this is a solution that's going to expand your reach or grow sales, think about those verbs there. Expand, grow, those are things that indicate more. So you're going to need more people to scale that. I think that's so true that I fall into it sometimes too, where you think, let's roll this out to alleviate someone's role or the time spent on that. And it's usually the opposite and not in a bad way. It's the fact that it has opened up, it has removed an unnecessary step so that you could expand and grow and take on different things. So I think that's that's kind of a mind shift. 100%. And I think every MarTech tool is different. Some require way less admin and way less look on it. The other thing that we've been talking a lot in our team is a centralized versus decentralized approach. And I would be so curious out there in the event world, how many people do take more of a decentralized approach? And like, are there marketers and demand gen people in Cvent building events? Like, and maybe it's not a specific team, right? I, I think that would be so interesting to learn about. We've heard the term centralized, decentralized, or the self-serve model, right? How, how many users are you allowing into these platforms? Are you trying to keep the control within you know, subject matter experts, if you will? So yeah, totally. That's, that's definitely a shift that's happening in the market too, so that you can encourage the utilization of these technologies that you're investing in. Big focus for our team. Yeah. And one team can't do it all. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, like we're only a few people. And like when it's a 300 person marketing org, you start getting overwhelmed if you're the one person people need when it comes to creating an event or a new technology or whatever the case may be. The reality is, sorry, I think the reality is we've done a good job. One of the things you should be considering with a solution, whether that is Cvent or any of these other tools, it should be simple enough that it can be used by it your everyday user, not the whole platform, but certain areas of it. So that self-serve model is, is certainly probably one of our top focuses going into 2023. So we are right there alongside with the rest of you guys out there. (laughs) I feel like I could talk to you guys all day about this. I feel like we're also a little bit running out of time. So I'm going to cut our conversation a little bit short, but I do always like to end each of our episodes with any parting words, takeaways for the audience, you know, how we might start to think about applying some of this dialogue to our customers or just our listeners. I don't even know if you all are customers out there, but we're, we're happy to have you guys. So I just wanted to start with mine. I felt, I felt like, you know, I said this earlier in the conversation, but more is not more. And I think that as we go into what could be a pretty significant recession in, in at least the, the, on the global scale, that's going to be 
imperative for all of our organizations to really heavily scrutinize our, our technology mix, not only when it comes to event technology, certainly we saw the boom in that space specifically over the pandemic, but to really start to evaluate and understand the investment that you have on your MarTech stack, because it can be quite significant and every organization is likely going to be asked to reduce where they can going into 2023. So that was my big takeaway from this conversation. Christine, I'll pass it to you. So I haven't really talked about this yet, but I think what's so important is when we look at procuring a new technology, business requirements and the why, they're so important. But once you get that and you're actually looking at vendors, look at the actual company. Look at, are they being innovative? Are they creating new things? What does their product roadmap look like? Don't be scared to ask because they should be telling you. And if they can't, that's a problem. And then secondly, like, what is their support system? How is the entire evaluation gone? Like those are the things that as a technologist, I care about and I look at because it is not only about what the tech can do. It's about how you're going to be supported once you onboard that technology. Taylor, what about you? I think I want to circle back to what we talked about at the very beginning, just those event goals. I keep saying it because it continues to be something that I think people will struggle with it forever. I think it's something that we are a society that likes to move fast and we like to jump in and just run. But you can't run without your shoes on and you can't run without the finish line, right? You have to get ready. And it is something that people like to push back on. But I think identifying those goals, identifying what it is that you are trying to solve or expand in or whatever the case is, that will literally pave the way for your entire event lifecycle or your just overall sort of journey, if you will. You can always reference back to that to that North Star. If it's a decision that needs to be made, it's usually pretty quick. Does this align with the goal? If so, press on forward, continue to go, collect $200. If not, go to jail. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Perfect sign off, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta bring go in the jail. Monopoly reference, you know? You got a lot of good references today, Taylor. Thank you so much. I'm just really trying to wow the crowd on my first appearance <laughs> so that I'll be invited back. Big day, big day for me. Taylor, Christine, thank you guys so much for joining us this week. I think this was a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal episode for the audience. I'm dumbfounded, but we also hope that you guys enjoyed this conversation as much as we did. Clearly, we're having fun, but hope you guys understand the value that technology is playing across your marketing organization and also to your meetings and events program. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Great Events, a podcast by Seabum. If you want more resources on how to make your events great, go to community.cvent.com. That's community.cvent.com. Or if you've got a question for us or just want to say hi, email us at greatevents at cvent.com.